We continue now in Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to the end of the chapter. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Almighty God and our Father in heaven, we come to a simple, clear, but rich portion of the book of Mark. And we see a blind man healed. We see a blind man called. Some of us in a class just a few moments ago have been dwelling upon what it means to be effectually called. We pray for the Spirit to work that the call of God the Father would be applied to many a heart this morning. Drawn out of darkness and into light, into the kingdom of God's own dear Son. And Heavenly Father, continue to call and continue to draw. And may every time we go to the Word of God, may we find the impress of the image of Christ upon every text. And we pray, Father, I pray, as one call to shepherd this flock primarily through the proclamation and teaching of the Word, and applying that Word, I pray that Thou wilt give to this congregation more and more a hunger for the Word of God for how we need it in this present evil age, how we need it in our lives, how we need it in the culture in which we live, that we will be distinctive, that we will shine for the glory of God as we are called to do. Open this page, open our hearts, help us to see where we do not, and open the blind eyes of some heart here today we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Please take your copy of God's Word and stand. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning with verse 46. This is the Word of God. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The word of the Lord, please be seated. (laughs) 
people of God. Three times in these last few chapters, the Lord Jesus has taken aside his disciples and he has told them that he would suffer, that he would die, and that he would rise on the third day. The last time that we saw this was in this very chapter, beginning in verse 33. This is what he said to his disciples. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. And that is underscored again in verse 45, which was the last text in Mark that we looked at before we broke for the Christmas series. In verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So the Lord Jesus and his disciples are about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem, south of Old Testament Jericho and he's traveling the road to Jerusalem. He is on the road that leads to the cross, just as he predicted to his disciples. So here is the man of sorrows who is acquainted with grief. And if you and I are on the way to some massive devastation, our minds and hearts are usually so consumed with it. It's all that we can consider. He is on his way to bear the wrath of God in the place of sinners, and yet he cares about those along the way. He cares about this blind man, Bartimaeus. So let's look at this text. And the first thing is, let's meet Bartimaeus. There would have been a great crowd of pilgrims on their way, climbing up from the Jordan Valley to the feast of Passover in Jerusalem. And seeing a blind beggar outside the city gates would have been nothing unusual. There would have been many blind beggars and others who were incapacitated there begging for their food. But the text begins with a crowd. And they came to Jericho and he was leaving Jericho and his disciples and a great crowd. How often the individual gets lost in the crowd. How often this has happened perhaps to you. It happened to me once when I was in London of all places with my sight and I couldn't find my way around. It was very uncomfortable, and everyone else was going about their business, going their own way, but it was difficult to find anyone who would just stop and tell this poor, ignorant American what to do and where to go. But imagine Bartimaeus. He's blind, and yes, he probably knows his way around the immediate environs, but now there's a great crowd of people. You cannot see, but you can hear, and all you can hear are voices, 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 so many voices. The place where he begged swells with pilgrims. The crowds are huge. It must have been very confusing to him as an individual, especially this blind beggar, lost, lost, lost in the crowd. The mention of Bartimaeus by name, however, 
is probably important for us to realize. Not all of those who were healed, of course, we have the names for, but we do have the name of Bartimaeus, probably because, as we shall see, he became a disciple, probably because he was a member of the church later, probably because they knew him by name. Peter used his name. Mark heard it, recorded it here in this passage. Lost in the crowd? Yes, but listen, Jesus is in the crowd. Jesus, who loves and cares for sinners, is in the crowd. And undoubtedly, many in the crowd were around him because of his notoriety. The crowd probably would be singing psalms of ascent, those psalms 120 to 134. Pastor McDonald has preached those for us. They express the spiritual experience of the people of God as they made their way to the Passover. And they would have been singing these great psalms. But in the city gate, here is this man who lives in blindness and in poverty. And hearing that Jesus is passing by, Bartimaeus cries out to him for help. Which leads us to the second thing we want to see. The blind man's cry. Now notice with me verses 46 and 47. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cries out to Jesus because he knows that only Jesus can help him. He's heard about Jesus. He knows something about Jesus. Perhaps he had long prayed that this man who is healing the sick and raising the dead would come by where I beg and help me and give me sight. This may be Bartimaeus' only opportunity to receive his sight. And the fact that he calls out son of David is very important for us to notice. For the Jew, the son of David means the Messiah. If you look at the next chapter, chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, this is what they cry. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And in the 12th chapter that is coming up, in verses 35 and following, and as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? And he goes on. So son of David meant the Messiah. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 21, the chief priests and the scribes are very upset that people are ascribing to him this title, the son of David. Bartimaeus may not have been able to see Jesus or the crowd or what was around him, but it seems that he had been granted by sovereign free grace spiritual insight. He must have listened well, perhaps in the synagogue he had taken in what he had learned, what he had heard. Perhaps he had heard this verse from Isaiah 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Maybe he had heard Jeremiah 33, 15. I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow unto David. Perhaps he had heard Ezekiel 30, 
4, and I will set one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Perhaps it was that in the synagogue he heard these things and had come to faith in Christ. Well, in any rate, though sitting in darkness, he may have had more light than those who could see. And Mark wants us to understand this. He wants us to know this. He wants you to see. And note how Bartimaeus called out loudly, continuously. In verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He would not be silenced. He would not be quiet. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He is blind. He wants to see. The Messiah is passing by. God in grace is working in and for this man. So we notice the intensity of it. He will not let Jesus go. There may be someone here, and the opposite may be the case with you. You're doing all that you can to avoid Jesus. Maybe some young person here with your parents. You're here because your parents bring you, but you do not want Jesus. Maybe some child. Maybe some person is here by habit, but you do all that you can to avoid Jesus, not Bartimaeus. Why didn't Jesus silence him? After all, we've seen all through Mark's gospel that Jesus strove to minimize the messianic element to the public, though it showed constantly. But Jesus is so near to fulfilling his primary role of messiahship by going to the cross. He is on his way to Jerusalem in order that he might die for sinners, and he will enter Jerusalem with messianic symbolism. He doesn't quiet down Bartimaeus' call when he calls him the Messiah, the son of David. Now this incident concludes Act 2 of Mark's gospel. It began with the confession of Peter in chapter 8, thou art the Christ. And now it ends with the confession of Bartimaeus, thou art the son of David. So he called upon Jesus because he needed and in grace only could find grace in him. And it's a confession of faith when he cries out. He is calling him rightly the Messiah. And we see that Jesus accepts the title. He doesn't hush him. He fulfills the expectation that the son of David would come and perform messianic healing miracles, just as we read a few moments ago in Isaiah chapter 35. Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And he wields his royal, Davidic, kingly, power for this man's good, and he still does. And he will consummately wield that power when he comes again. You will see. You will see when he comes again. You will see. I will see. We think we know something of what it means that he has power. He saved my heart, my soul, but oh, we will see his power in that day. 
But there are those who do not want this blind man to come to Jesus, which leads us to the third thing, obstacles to coming to Jesus. You read about it in verse 48, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And so the crowd evidently considered Bartimaeus to be a nuisance until Jesus called him, that is, because he was no nuisance to Jesus. Imagine chiding a man for bringing his blind eyes to be healed by Jesus. Imagine chiding a man for bringing his deepest needs to Jesus. They rebuked this lonely soul in need of Jesus Christ, but Jesus calls him to himself. What was Bartimaeus' attitude toward these obstacles? (laughs) As we've seen, he cried out all the more. Now, that's a sign of grace. He cried out all the more. We just sang a couple of Sunday nights back during our congregational prayer meeting, Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. And that's Bartimaeus' heart attitude. He's coming to Jesus. He cannot ask too much. Let nothing stand in your way of coming to Jesus Christ. And never stand in the way of someone coming to Jesus Christ. In verse 48, many charged him that he would hold his peace. Or, it's an imperfect indicative, they continually rebuked him. And so they're saying to him, hush, Bartimaeus. He's crying out, hush, Bartimaeus. He continues to cry, be quiet. You're going to disturb Jesus. He has more important things to do. Just be quiet. Hush up, Bartimaeus. But he would not hush up. Maybe they, they said to him, be quiet because Jesus is coming through and others have need of him. I have need of him. He cried out, come to Christ, let nothing hinder you. There was only one who could help him. He was not about to let Jesus pass by, but it is a divine encounter. Jesus is not passing by his child. It is divinely ordained, and that is how it is when the Spirit of God regenerates a sinner Jesus is presented to him. Nothing and no one ultimately can stand in his way. So Bartimaeus didn't say, Jesus, son of David, please come by. Bartimaeus did not simply say in his heart, Lord, please bring Jesus by so that he can heal me. He didn't say to those standing around him, would you, would you consider please just asking Jesus to come by? He cried out, hush. No, I will not hush. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hush, you blind beggar. I will not hush. That is why I am crawling out, calling out, because I am a blind beggar. And I need my sight. So fourthly, what did Jesus do for Bartimaeus? Jesus stopped. He heard his cry. He sent word. 
He calls for Bartimaeus. And so those around him change their tune. Oh, take courage. Get up. He's calling for you. And Jesus' call should connect with all of the call narratives that we have seen throughout Mark's gospel as he calls his disciples and others to discipleship. A call of God's almighty word, the one who speaks and it is done, one who restores sight, who forges our fellowship with God. Jesus called blind Bartimaeus. And remember, remember chapter 10, verses 32 and following, he is doing it on his way to the cross. Jesus has time for blind Bartimaeus. Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many, Jesus calls the man, and the crowd seems to change its tune. Courage, cheer up, be of good comfort. And the text tells us that Bartimaeus cast aside his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. Now this is one of those interesting things we've seen throughout Mark's Gospel. Just an interesting detail that you might find only in Mark's gospel and not in the others. He cast aside his garment. He could not wait. He made his way to Jesus. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. He heard the voice of Jesus calling. Peter, you know, was an eyewitness of this. He saw it. He told Mark. Mark recorded it in this gospel. And Jesus asks him when he comes to articulate his need. Well, Jesus knew his need. Here he stands before him as a blind beggar. But we read in verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Actually, in the Greek text, it's Rabboni, and it doesn't matter whether you're using the traditional text or the eclectic text, whatever manuscript you look in, as far as I know, they all say Rabboni. Rabbi is teacher. Rabboni means Lord. It means master. And so he says to him, Rabboni, master, I want to receive my sight. It's stronger than simply Rabbi. And Jesus healed him instantly. For we read in verse 52, and Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. He renews him with recreative power. And this our Lord continues to do when he renews the hearts of sinners and he will do consummately in the new heavens and the new earth. The supernatural work done by Jesus here is much deeper than simply renewing Bartimaeus' sight. He makes a disciple of him. He follows him on the way, the way to the cross. And we see something here also about the nature of saving faith, don't we? He cries out to Jesus because Jesus is the object of his faith. With less than perfect understanding... He trusts Jesus with his need. Don't let it hinder you 
coming to the Lord Jesus because you don't have all of your questions answered. You won't have all of your questions answered, and it is no hindrance to the certainty of faith. With no claim to deserving his sight, with no claim of merit did he come to Jesus. He didn't come and say, I deserve to have my sight. He said, show me mercy. He refused to be silent. He cries out because he has seen, though he cannot see, he has seen his need. He responds to the call of Jesus, anticipates blessing at his hand, and he follows him. What about you? Do you follow him? And in Luke's gospel, we are told in chapter 18, verse 43, that this blind man, when he received his sight, glorified God, which is always the sign of true discipleship, isn't it? Now, let me point out to you that this is the last miracle, I mean the last healing miracle. We will see the cursing of the fig tree, but this is the last healing miracle that we find here in Mark's gospel. We've seen some wonderful healing miracles, haven't we, that the Lord Jesus did. It's a good place to summarize again what I've stressed all through Mark about the miracles of Jesus and what they were all about. The miracles of Jesus were signs of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. God's saving power is already a reality. Miracles were signs of the kingdom. Miracles were restoration from the fall, restoration from the effect of the fall, and it points to recreation, complete restoration, ultimately, that will take place when Jesus comes again. The miracles of Jesus were signs of compassion, and they were acts of mercy that reveal the Father's heart. For whatever Jesus did, he revealed the heart of the Father. His miracles were pointers to the miracle of miracles, the resurrection after his death on the cross. All of the miracles point ahead to that recreative miracle of the resurrection. All of the miracles are metaphors for deliverance from sin because they are the effects of sin, the effects of the fall in Adam. Now in chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, you might remember that Jesus healed a man, a blind man from Bethsaida. Now in this passage, Mark closes the brackets with the healing of another blind man a blind man who confesses Jesus. And here we see in this real healing an obvious metaphor as well. Mark wants his readers to see who Jesus is. Mark wants his readers to see our own great need of the Son of David. And he wants us to see that there were those around him that were blind, especially the spiritual leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the priestly caste. He wants us to see that this man sees with his heart, sees with his eyes, and these cannot see. 
He wants us to see something of the blindness that sin has caused. And He wants us to be redeemed from that blindness. You know, years ago, I won't go into details. It's not really about me. It's just something that came to mind. I was having surgery on my right ear. And a pretty serious thing. And my brother, Steve, sent a card to me. And uh, he referenced the healing ministry of Jesus. And he says, you know, Jesus has a thing about ears. Well, that was an encouragement to me. (laughs) Well, Jesus has a thing about blind eyes. Have you ever read anything by Litsin Chang? Litsin Chang was from China. He founded King Nan University, a university that was founded by him for the purpose of destroying Christianity in the East. And later he became a Christian. He wrote over 80 volumes as a Chinese theologian of apologetics attempting to win lost Chinese to the Lord Jesus. He lived for 50 years in darkness. 50 years he opposed Christ and opposed the gospel. And then he was on his way to India to give lectures on Buddhism when something happened and Christ converted him just like that. He was converted. And he became a burning and shining light for his Savior the rest of his days. Lit Sin Chang was blind. And then Lit Sin Chang could see. He glorified God. He couldn't do enough for his Savior. So what does all of this mean for us? Well, let's read verse 52 again. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now again, I ask you, what was that way? It was the way of suffering. It was the way of severe persecution. He followed on the road that led to the cross. And Jesus' death and resurrection sets the path for discipleship. This is stressed in Mark's gospel, this theme of discipleship in many places. But do you remember these verses not that long ago that we read in chapter 8? And he called to him the, the crowd and disciples and said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? To lose his own soul, as the old translation put it. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels." So here's the simple question. It's a simple story. Remarkable, wondrous, but simple. And Mark wants to leave us without doubt asking the question, am I a follower of Christ? Do I see? Do I follow along 
in the suffering and death, participating in his sufferings, and living a resurrection life. Will there be for me resurrection in the last day in such a way that my body will be like Christ's own resurrection body? Will I be with him in the new heavens and the new earth? Are you a follower of the Lamb? And then in verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Maybe there's someone here and the Lord is showing to you your deep need, your sin, that you cannot convert yourself. Maybe you should, after this service, go home and kneel down or find some quiet place here and hear through this text the Lord say to you, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I'm blind. I want to receive my sight. I'm lost. I want to be saved from my sin. Now, a few verses back in this very chapter, we saw a rich man that went away blind. And here, a man who in his blindness calls out for mercy and sees, because God obviously had opened his heart, and he sees and he follows Jesus. And maybe Bartimaeus followed Jesus on the road all the way and saw him scourged. Maybe he followed him and saw him carry his cross. Maybe he was with the women and others who, as Matthew says, and sitting down, they watched him there, watching him die on the cross. And possibly, he saw the risen Lord. Maybe he is one of those 500 of whom Paul speaks who saw the risen Christ. I guess we can't know. Not yet. We can ask him one day if we're believers in Christ. But at any rate, he saw and he was made whole. Now that word made whole is translated, most of you have an ESV, I think. It's translated here, he received his sight. But actually the word is sozo, which is the word for save. It is a word that is used for making whole those who need healing. But maybe here it also implies something else. Maybe it implies not only his body was healed, maybe there's double entendre. Maybe Jesus was saying to him, you believed in me and you were saved. The blind see. Do you know that? Can you say there was a time when I was blind, but now I see? Do you understand what it means? to be saved by what only Jesus has done for us sinners. I wonder if you know the words to this old hymn. With this I close. Lord, I was blind. I could not see in thy marred visage any grace. But now the beauty of thy face in radiant vision dawns on me. Lord, I was deaf. I could not hear the thrilling music of thy voice. 
But now I hear thee and rejoice, and all thine uttered words are dear. Lord, I was dumb. I could not speak the grace and glory of thy name. But now as touched with living flame, my lips thine eager praises wake. Lord, I was dead. I could not stir my lifeless soul to come to thee. But now, since thou hast quickened me, I rise from sin's dark sepulcher. Lord, thou hast made the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, the dead to live. And now I break the chains of my captivity. May God do that for someone here this morning. Thank God for sovereign free grace. Amen. Amen.